0: We are so delighted and so thankful that you have chosen to be with us here at New Life Church on this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday. And it's good to see all of your wonderful faces. It really is. It's good to see each and every one. And it is good to see and have you guys join us online today. Uh, We are thankful that we get to do this and have this opportunity to... Reach out and into your homes. Thank you for opening up your home to us today. And we miss you if you're not able to be with us today, church. We do miss you, Uh, but we're thinking of you, and we are thankful that we are able to be together today. Who's excited about Easter? Who's excited about resurrection? Who's excited that Jesus is alive? That the King of kings has risen from the grave, that he is no longer down But he is at the right hand of the throne of the Father. And he is forever making intercession for us because that's how much he loves us. And he thinks about each and every one of you every single minute. Every single minute. Anybody shed some tears over the last year? Anybody cry a little bit? The Bible tells us that every tear that we cry, every tear that we shed, there's a bottle that God holds them in. And he remembers each one, and he knows what e- where each one comes from and why those tears are shed. And the resurrection brings the guarantee that Jesus brings not only brings things back to life, but gives us brand new life and makes life new again. And that's why we're here today. That's why we get to gather today. Listen, I want to ask you to open up your Bibles, if you have them, your smartphones or whatever you're using today. Uh, to the Gospel of John, chapter eleven. As you go there, I'm gonna set up today's message with a few verses out of Romans, chapter eight. We're in a series called for Easter, called the Renewal, and that just simply means renewal means to begin again, to begin again. And I'm so I am so glad God works in that special way of allowing us to begin again. In fact, His Word tells us that His mercies are new every morning, and His faithfulness is great. God in His kindness and the richness of His love and His mercy draws us to Himself. And I'm so thankful that He brings the promise of being able to begin again. Romans 8, the Apostle Paul writes in verse 28, He says, <clears throat> And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. In verse 38, he writes, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God tells us through his word, as the Apostle Paul writes, once named Saul, converted, God changed his name, changed his identity, changed his heart, made his life new again, and he writes to remind us hey those who love god and those who live for his purpose for their life he has a way of making everything turn around for their good with the reassurance that you know that the thing about life is life can get messy anybody ever experienced messiness in life yeah god loves us and he knows what to do with us but here's the thing it doesn't mean we won't still taste or feel The messiness that life can bring. But here's the thing here's the promise. The mess of life doesn't have to mess our life up. The mess of life doesn't have to mess our life up because Jesus specializes in making miracles out of our messes. He always has. He always has. And we're going to look at somebody's mess of a life here in John chapter 11. It's the resurrection of Lazarus. I've titled today's Easter message, It's Time. Can somebody say it's time? It's not time to go yet. It's not time to go eat that Easter ham yet, but it is time. It is time. Lazarus' resurrection foreshadows Jesus' resurrection, and it also foreshadows our resurrection. Let's look at it. Chapter 11, verse 1. It says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. And it said, This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, Your dear friend is very sick. Their life was getting messy. Their life was getting messy, and in their messiness of life, they looked to Jesus. And that's the good question for us today. When our life gets messy, and it will, and it has been, who do we look to? Who do we look to when our life is messy? Let's look at it. Verse 4. It says, when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. In their messy life, Jesus states, states his intention that he will work it out for their good and for his glory. And that is a, something you and I have to remember is when our life gets messy, and it will, we have to trust that as long as we are loving the Lord and we are living to, for the activity of His purpose in our life, He has a way of working things out for our good and for His glory. And that's His intention. That is what He wants to do. And verse 5 says, So, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, He stayed where he was for the next two days. How about that? He loved them, and he knew what was going on. They looked to him and called out to him, and he loved them, but he stayed where he was for two more days. How about that? You know, when our life is messy, we have to remember to look back to the death, the burial, and of course the resurrection of Jesus to see that he had to stay two more days in the grave. Those two days, that silent Saturday, that silent Saturday when we're wondering what is going on, we have to remember to look back and see what was going on behind the scenes. We have to remember that we have to still make ourselves trust that Jesus knows what he's going to do when we can't see him do anything yet. That he will always come through the way he wants to come through in our life. And we have to look at this story and see that this story is kind of like a parallel to many of our lives. Life gets messy. Who do we look to? We look to Jesus. When we look to Jesus... Oftentimes we have this thought in our mind for him to do it the way we want him to do it. For him to answer us the way we want him to answer us. For him to come to our rescue in the timely manner that we say he needs to come to us in. But he had to wait. He said though he loved them, he stayed where he was for two more days. You and I have to remember to look back at that as this story of resurrection for Lazarus is a foreshadow of Jesus. He had to stay in the grave two more days. But then look at verse 7. says, finally, on, somebody say finally? Finally, he's moving on to the next point. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. And in the Passion Translation, it says, finally, on the third day, Jesus said, it's time. Somebody say, it's time. Finally, it's time. Jesus knows when to show up in our mess of a life. We may think he, he's overlooked us. Some may think he, he doesn't take note of us. Some may think he God has forgotten us. Some may wonder, does God still love me because he hasn't come and done what I thought he should do? And Jesus said, Finally, guys, it's time. It's time to go. And then in verse 17 it says, Jesus arrived at Bethany and he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. I guess the story's over. I guess it ends there. He was told, you're too late. You're too late. He's been, he's, he's been in the grave for four days. He's been buried now for four days. You're just too late, Jesus. Jesus. Does it end there? Thankfully, we have the rest of the story. Just like it didn't end there for Jesus when he was brought down from the cross, put in a borrowed tomb, and the stone rolled across the entrance. Hell was rejoicing. The religious were excited, thought their job was over with, and it looked like this is the end. And Jesus was told, You know, he's been in there for four days. It appears that Jesus is too late. The ancient burial customs of the time was that when someone died, they were buried the day they died. And then they would, it would be followed by seven days of deep mourning. And the fourth day was known as the day of deepest sorrows. And what day was it that Jesus shows up? Day four. In the middle of everyone's deepest sorrows. Jesus knew this would be the point of time where everyone would be extremely vulnerable. Their disappointments, their despair, and their doubts would be the most visible. You see, it's in our darkest. It's in our loneliest. It's in our deepest sadness and our despair. And it's where we have the greatest doubts. Jesus goes deep and he shows up deep. Jesus goes deep and he renew and he renews deep Jesus goes deep and he redeems Deep. Jesus doesn't s- save in a shallow, surfacey way. No, Jesus saves in a deep, soulish way where you feel it deep down in your bones, all the way down deep. God goes deep into the heart of a person. God goes deep into the soul of humanity. And God saves to the uttermost. God frees to the uttermost. God delivers to the uttermost. God has a way of getting deep into our hearts. And it's here on this fourth day where they were disappointed They were in their deepest despair and they had a lot of doubts. And that's where life gets messy. Life has a way of making some mess out of things. And here we see this with Martha, with Mary, with the people around them. And the rest of the story, I'm going to just kind of take for a few minutes and just kind of walk through it and paraphrase a few things. Martha was sad from her disappointment jesus it appeared had came too late disappointments are hard to get over sometimes disappointments are hard to swallow disappointments are hard to, to get beyond because they speak of they can go all the way down to depression and being extremely discouraged because the failure of of expectations were happened. We, what we expected to happen didn't happen. Martha expected Jesus just to show up. And he didn't just show up like she thought, like she expected. And she was sad with disappointment. And she heard that Jesus was coming, so it said she went out to meet him. And when she went out to meet him, they began to have a little bit of a conversation. And that's when she told him, you know, Lord, if you had just been here, if you would have just been here, my brother would not have died and he said, you know what, Martha, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. And she's like, you know, I know that. Don't you tell me something I don't know. I know that he's going to rise again on the last day. And he's like, no, no, listen, Martha, listen, check it real fast. Check this. He said, the train. I love the passion part of this. It says you don't have to wait until then. You don't have to wait until then. You don't have to wait until, to wait until the last day. Why do you not have to wait until the last day? Martha, check this. It's for real. I am, Jesus said, the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even though he dies. And anyone who lives in me and believes in me will not die. He was speaking to now life. He was speaking to right then life. Anyone, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who lives in me, we have disappointment. Martha had disappointment, and she was sad because her expectations didn't get met the way she wanted, and it left her disappointed. And Jesus said, You don't have to wait till later. You just gravitate to me now, hold on to me now, believe in me now, and anyone who lives now will not be disappointed. And he said, Mary, or excuse me, Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And she said, Lord, I have always believed. I have always believed. And because she went to Jesus in the mess of her life, her belief, her faith was renewed. You see, anywhere you see faith and belief, what is being asked of us is not just do you believe that there is a God, Do you believe so much so that you're willing to rely on, trust in, and follow him? You see, Jesus goes to the depth of the heart, not the surface side of things. So how about you today? Do you need your faith renewed today so much so that you are willing to rely on, trust in, and follow Jesus? It's time. It's time. Whatever has happened in life that has caused you to lag in your faith, Jesus is here, and he wants to renew your belief. So Martha leaves that conversation and goes back towards the place where Mary was, and she goes to Mary, and as you find the story picks up with Mary, the mess of her life was she was grieving from despair, rightly so. Her dear brother passed away. Her dear brother, Lazarus, was gone in the grave now for four days, the day of deepest sorrows, day four. She was grieving from despair. You know, suffering apart from the Lord is torture to our souls. It leaves us in despair with no hope. And you find that Mary was by herself, grieving, grieving. And Martha goes to her and says, Mary, the teacher's here and he wants to see you. The teacher's here and he wants to see you. And said Mary immediately got up and went to Jesus. And they began to have a conversation. And she told him too as well, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And he's like, you know, I hear you, but Here's what I want to do. So he knelt down with her, prayed with her, wept with her, felt her grief right there with her. And then he asked her, hey, where did you bury him? Talking about her brother, where did you bury him? I think a side question of that or a parallel question of that he was asking is, where did you bury your grief? Where's your grief buried, Mary? I want to know it. I want to see it, I want to feel it, and I want you to give it to me. You see, we're not, we don't have to hold to our grief. We don't have to live in despair because Jesus comes near and he wants to be with us, kneel with us, weep with us, and feel what we feel. He, that's the, that's the, one of the great things we have about Jesus No other person in any other religion can say that I feel like you feel. I know what it's like to hurt. I know what it's like to be cut. I know what it's like to bleed. I know what it's like to be broken. I know what it's like to be buried. I know what it's like to be left out. I know what it's like to be rejected. There's no other one in any other religion that can say that, and you know what else? There's no other one in any other religion who can say, I got up from that grave. I came back from death. I resurrected and I'm alive forevermore, and I'm not forgotten about you. I've sent the Spirit to you, and I'm praying for you, and I'm doing all I can to get your attention to look to me. There's no other one in any other religion who can say that but Jesus, but Jesus. That's why it's not about religion never was and never has been and never will be. It's always about relationship with Him. It's always about relationship with Him. And Mary grieving in her despair Answers him and tells him where the, her grief is buried. What about you? Do you need your hope renewed today? Do you need your hope renewed? It's time. You know, whatever has happened in life that has made you suffer and, you know, with the things you have gone through, here's the promise Jesus wants in. And Jesus wants to renew your hope. And then there's the people... There were people all around them, friends and mourners and the thing with peop- these people where they were paralyzed from doubt. They were paralyzed from doubt. They, they said, you know, Jesus healed a blind man. Surely he could have kept this guy from dying. Anybody ever wonder about stuff like that? You did this for them. Surely you could have done this for me. You did it this way back then. Surely you could have done it this way for me and these people were in doubt. You know, doubts have a way of keeping us stuck and not moving forward in our purpose with God. When we doubt God, We doubt God could use me. I doubt God loves me that much. I doubt God thinks of me like that. I doubt God could ever do anything for me. I doubt God could ever wipe my record away. I doubt God could ever help me get married. I doubt God would ever let me get an education. I doubt God would ever let me do this or have that or be that. I doubt God because of. You name it. And there they are. That's what doubt does. It has a way of keeping us stuck from moving forward in our purpose. You know, whatever has happened in your life that has gotten you stuck, not living for the purpose of God, Jesus wants to move your life forward. Jesus wants to move your life forward by renewing your purpose in Him. So you got Martha, you got Mary, you got the people. They're sad from disappointments, grieving from despair. And here they were paralyzed in their doubt, wondering, could anything change? Can anything good come from my mess? Anybody ever thought that before? Can anything good come from my mess? of my life that I'm in right now. You know, here's the thing too. Some of the mess in our life, we didn't make it happen. We didn't choose it. Some of the mess in our life happens just because there's sin in this world. But then there's also the other side. Some of the mess that happens, we did choose it. But however the coin falls, however it is looking, Jesus still wants in. Jesus still wants to come near. Jesus still wants to show himself strong, still wants to show himself faithful, still wants to prove to you that nothing can separate you from his love, that God has a way of working everything out for our good for those that love him and live for his purpose in their life. How does he do that? How does he do that? Well, I think then now comes the miracle that, that Jesus is getting to. He walks over to the, to the tomb, which is a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. And there's three parts to this miracle. The first part is this. He says, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. That tells us that Jesus can command that our stones of disappointments be rolled away and off of our life. Anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but anybody ever, just answer in your heart, anybody ever have disappointment happen and it's happened in your life and you can't seem to let it go? You were just nagged and, and gnawed on and trapped in disappointment. Jesus can command our stones of disappointments to be rolled away. Maybe this Easter, maybe this Easter you're feeling buried and covered in darkness. Maybe you're feeling like, man, no matter what I've tried to do, I've let people down. I've let myself down. God, I've let you down. No matter what I've tried to do, others have let me down. My expectations have not gotten met the way that I thought and think they should. And it leaves us sad in these disappointments. Maybe you you feel covered. Maybe you feel buried. Maybe you feel like you are in darkness. Jesus has come. And his promise still stands that he still moves stones. No matter how, I don't care how big it is, I don't care how heavy it is, Jesus with his word can say, stone be rolled away. He can take that thing that covers you, that thing that blocks you, that thing that prevents you, and he says, just be moved then the other part the second part to this miracle is Jesus once the stone has been rolled away from the entrance it said Jesus shouted Lazarus come up out of that tomb Lazarus come out of that tomb that tells us that Jesus can call us out of our despair he has a way of calling us out of our despair maybe this easter you're hurting Maybe this Easter you, you are hurting inside, in your, in your heart, in your soul, and your mind. Maybe you're hurting in your body. The truth still stands. Jesus still heals. He can heal your heart. He can heal your mind. He can heal your inner wounds. He can heal your soul. He can heal your body. He can heal your life. He can heal your relationships. He can heal. Jesus still heals and He calls out to you today for you to come out to Him. For you to come to Him. And here's the funny thing about this story. It gets to the third part of this miracle. Jesus says unwrap Him and let Him go. What's the deal? Unwrap Him and let Him go. See the way they buried people back then was they, they actually by the time they got through doing their burial preparation to put them in the tomb, they actually looked like a mummy. They looked like a mummy. So this guy, Lazarus, was bound by grave clothes. He was bound by grave clothes. His head, they said, was wrapped with so much linen it was like a foot wide. Talk about getting a big head. He just had to be dead. But he was like a mummy. He was wrapped in these grave clothes, bound Grave clothes. So Jesus says, Hey, roll the stone away. That's one. All right, congratulations. The stone gets moved. Then he says, Hey, Lazarus, come out of that tomb. Come out of that despair. Come out of where you're trapped, where you're kept, where you're hidden, where it's obscure, where nobody knows anything. Come out. And then the way he comes out, he can't walk. He has to hop out. He can't do anything but what the voice of his master told him to do. When the one who says, I am the resurrection and the life, says, come out of that grave, that person can't do anything but what the master has said, what the one who says, I am, has told them, come out of that grave. And so he comes out of that grave, hopping around in grave clothes, Uh, he's restricted, he can't move, he's not free. And so Jesus says, you know what, this is not good enough just for you to say my name. This is not good enough just for you to cry a few tears. I want to prove to the world, I want to prove to your soul, I want to prove to your family, I want to prove to those who are close to you, those who have been mourning all around you and doubting anything I can do, I want to prove to them, I'm telling you, unwrap him and let him go. Jesus can set us free from our doubts. Jesus can set us free. Whatever has left you doubting God's love for you. Whatever has left you doubting God's care for you. Whatever has left you doubting God's direction for your life. Whatever has left you doubting God's will for you. Whatever has left you doubting God's purpose for your life. Jesus wants to take all of that off of you. Maybe this Easter, you're stuck. Maybe you're stuck, you're lost, and you have no purpose. You're wondering, man, what am I here for? I do this, I do that, I work, I have a degree, I go here, I go to school, I'm here, I'm whatever it might be. But what's my purpose, God? What is my purpose? Why do I exist? What what has happened in me that's a mess? How can you take that mess and turn it around for my good? Jesus says, if you will just love me and just aim your life for my purpose, I work it out for your good. Jesus still sets souls free. And I love the fact that Jesus just doesn't bring us back to life, but He makes life new again. He makes life new again because see what happens is later, the next chapter, it shows Jesus at the home of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus and He goes to have a meal with them. And Mary takes an expensive bottle of perfume and breaks it open over the feet of Jesus, crying and washing his feet with her hair. I mean, I guess so. Jesus done raised her brother from the grave. I guess so. Jesus took their mess and made a miracle out of it. And it didn't happen on their timeline. It didn't happen on their time frame. It didn't happen the way they thought it should or the way they wanted it to. Yes, they still felt shame. Yes, they still felt disappointment. Yes, they still were in despair. And yes, they were surrounded with doubt. Just because we serve Jesus doesn't mean we won't experience the mess of life. But the mess of life doesn't have to mess our life up. Up, and we don't have to stay choked up, bound up, or any of those things because Jesus said, You don't have to wait till later on. Don't wait till Christmas. Don't wait till next Easter. Don't wait till right before you die. But you can know life today. I am the resurrection, I am the life. Anyone who lives in me will live and not die. Do you believe? I am and I am the one who makes all things new. It's time. It's time, church. It's time, people. It's time. It's time that we run to Jesus. It's time that we look to Jesus. It's time that we give our life to Jesus. It's time that you just settle on down in the fact that your soul was made to have a relationship with Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, the one who scripts and writes but yet gives us the free will to choose do we want what he has or not. It's time to choose what he has for you. Quit running. Quit trying to hide. Quit, quit, quit trying to pretend. Tw- quit trying to put it off. Stop trying to delay your destiny with God. It's time. It's time to give your all to Jesus. If you're able, will you stand with me today? We are in a time that we believe we call it the renewal where the Spirit of God is hovering over our lives. And He's wanted to make things new again. What's dead in your life? What stings in your life? What hurts in your life? What has left you disappointed? What has left you in despair? What has left you in doubt? Today, Jesus wants to make things new and He wants to bring renewal to your hearts. Let's bow your heads and I'm just going to pray a prayer and not necessarily going to ask you to repeat it, but I'm going to ask you if it, if you're sincere in wanting God to touch your heart and make things new, just to agree with it in your own mind, in your own heart. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for this time. As we come before you today, seeing and hearing about this story, this of Martha and Mary and Lazarus and how their life was a mess, but one thing they got right was they looked to you. It might have not happened the way they thought, but they still looked to you and they let you in their life. They let you in. You renewed faith. You restored their purpose. You renewed their hope. And so today I pray in Jesus' name that anyone here who feels lost and separate or separated from you or feels distant from you, God, but today they want to cling to you, they want to run to you, they want to look to you today, I pray right now that you will see them, you will know them as they say in their own mind, their own heart right now, maybe even saying it to themselves, Jesus, save me. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, deliver me. Jesus, make all things new in me. I give my life to you. I surrender my all to you. All to Jesus. All to you. I will follow you. I won't look back. I won't look to the left or right, but I will look forward. I will look to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I will look to the one who holds all things and holds my life together. I repent of my old life. I not only changed direction, but changed my mind. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, deliver me. Jesus, set me free. By the power of your Spirit, I pray right now, you will seal those prayers. You will seal those desires in their hearts. And by your Holy Spirit, you will raise them up and fill them fresh in the baptism of your Spirit. You will cause them to have a greater desire to know you, walk with you, and serve you, and to seek you, to love you, and to live for the purpose you have for their life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.